Good morning. I'm Dan Leffler, and together with my wife, Nancy, we founded Being With Grief to meet the grief that we experienced over our daughter Leah's death in November of 2000. Her death provided a doorway that transformed our lives in ways that we never expected. Now we help others to navigate their grief. Our passion is the difficult conversations around grief and helping the people that we work with find meaning, purpose, and joy again so that they can fully participate in their lives. Join us for today's conversation and help us build community. Welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan, where conversations build community. Our Monday Morning Conversations are meant to create a safe space where respectful dialogue is encouraged. Our intention is to promote understanding by listening when having difficult conversations. We hope to offer you resources as you travel your personal journey. Every week I select a song that goes with um, this week's theme. And this week I've selected the song God Only Knows by Bonnie Raitt off the 2012 Slipstream album that was written by Joe Henry. Take a listen. Love 
slips away for a dream (coughs) God only knows that we can do no more God only knows that we mean well God knows that we just don't know how But I try to be your light and love Pray that it's enough for now Well, I've tried to be your light and love And I'll pray that it's enough was Bonnie Raitt. And the line that haunts me is that we've almost lost the heart to know how to keep our best in mind. Nancy, would you introduce today's guest? Sure. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Um, Our topic today is life comes with grief and top tips to handle grief. We have uh, a guest on the line, Kat Dugan. Despite being promoted to vice president of marketing at age 30, after 9-11, Kat was told she could not re-enlist in the Army due to her service-connected injuries. Courageously, she founded a company initially focused on national security. After 18 years, Kat pivoted to speaking on a variety of topics, including business, faith, vibrant health, and is very vocal about veteran issues. She's been a volunteer veteran rights advocate for 30 years and a volunteer to prevent military veteran suicide for five years. Welcome, Kat. Can you hear us? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can now. Thank you so much for having me on today's show. You're welcome. Uh, We're both looking forward to our conversation. And uh, let's start off with um, when did you first realize that life comes with grief? I was seven years old. Um, it was a big year. Uh, first, my I experienced my first shooting at seven years old mm. when someone tried to kill my police officer father in our home. Uh, this event shot my world on many levels. Um, I had to come to terms at seven that people want to harm police officers and their innocent families. We had to move for our safety after the shooting, and then the only grandfather I ever knew uh, died, and this happened all within a 12-month period. So I got a fast, hard lesson early that life indeed comes with grief. Mm. Yes, you sure did, and it also speaks to something that I talk about often about our original grief, the the one that that um, takes us takes us out of that innocence of childhood and it yes yours was quite traumatic um so how how has that impacted your life that that's been an ongoing life lifelong journey for yes you. i i have certainly had more than my share of grief and 
And grief has had a bizarre effect on the lens that I view the world in. To me, now, every relationship I have is a gift. What little time I have to be able to spend with somebody, I view as a true gift in the world. And that time uh, that someone gives me, everybody says, you know, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? I want the gift of your time because time is finite. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. And um, David Crosby said something very similar um, uh, a few years ago, but uh, and he passed away recently. That time is is of the essence, as as they say. But it's all we have, and when you can share it, it is um, it, it is a gift. And yes, what a wonderful thing. Yeah, and yes. that that. Um, we often talk about the gifts of grief, which isn't often a popular topic because yeah. when you're in, especially in, in, in early grief, you can't recognize the gifts. I couldn't recognize the gifts. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking about the gifts, um, how did you begin to recognize that, you, that we do receive gifts from grief? And, and you really, you're spot on because there are so many blessings you have a higher understanding of many different things but the most beautiful understanding you're given is love is the root of why we grieve and there's no important more important thing in the world than to give love and to receive love and to exude love in our life uh, because we wouldn't be grieving if we didn't love yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's the other aspect of that is we each have a different relationship with the person who has died. And so we each grieve in a different way. The, there's some common commonalities, yet our, our process is unique to us. And that was never more true for than it was in our case with yeah. the loss of uh, our daughter. We realized that we each had to grieve in our own way before we could help one another to grieve. Yes. Yeah. And yes. as a seven-year-old, it's so cyclical, and it yeah. and triggers can happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the big things I like to do is dispel the myths about grief, um, because there's certainly no manual on how to deal with grief. Exactly. Exactly. And we talk about that often too. What do you see as the biggest myths? People think it's going to go away. <laughs> what? Grief, grief does not go away. Yeah. It may sting less. It may ebb and ease a little bit. Uh, You may be focused on other things. A lot of people think you have to be strong in the face of loss. No, you don't. Uh, If you don't cry, you aren't sorry for the loss. Not true at all. And that grief should last about a year, which grief is a (laughs) lifetime journey. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Grief, you're just still in the depth of grief after a year um it's it's you're right it's a lifetime it's a lifetime journey so in in speaking about that how would you describe the process the process um first i try to 
Show people that it is cyclical. Um, you'll have ebbs and flows. You're, you're going to be sparked by triggers. There are going to be stages that will last longer than others. Of course, the stages of the grieving process are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Sometimes you get all of them. Sometimes you don't. Uh, and they and they can um, be interchanged, of course. And they're not and, linear. Mm-hmm. And they're not linear. No, not at all. You can have all of them on all at once. I I like to think of it as, and and I think, you know, you kind of alluded to it, um, as a, you're you're out in the middle of this uncharted ocean, and sometimes you're in the trough of a wave, sometimes you're at the crest of a wave, and um, anywhere in between, you can ride that wave but sometimes that wave will come from a different direction and just knock you over mm-hmm. so yes and i've seen myself and others you know you get to the acceptance point and then literally five minutes later something will trigger you or you'll hear a song or you'll smell something mm-hmm. or you'll be in a place and you're you're you go it, it brings you right back Right, all those, and it's and it's it's wild how cyclical it is. Yeah, those those uh, those uh, associative memories that just can sometimes feel like you got kicked in the gut because it came. It, it seems like it came out of nowhere, and yet mm-hmm. it it was a part of your life with your loved one, and it 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 brings you right back to a place w- where you're able to. Get maybe a deeper understanding of your relationship with them, of what gift the your grief is here to help you move through. Because as Dan alluded to in our uh, introduction, it, it 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 is a transformative process. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I just want to add in here that um, if anyone is being triggered by this conversation and having a difficult time, you know, please be aware that. Pound 988 has been designated as the new three-digit dialing code that will route co- uh, callers to the National Suicide and Crisis Prevention Line. Um, the line and this number is now active across the U.S., and uh, trained counselors will answer and provide support and connect you with resources if necessary. Thank you for Thank you so much, Dan, that. for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. So, Kat, what are your top tips for handling grief? You know, I focus on four buckets, just simply four things. The number one thing to handling grief is understanding what the grief indicators are. They're shock and disbelief, anger, fear, and physical pain. I try to explain that. The second thing that I do is I want people to focus on their physical health and self-awareness, because when you have the self-awareness, then you're mindful when shock and disbelief happens, when anger starts uh, boiling to the surface, when fear happens, when you have physical pain, when your immunity is low, when you're fatigued, when you're nauseous, when you've got insomnia, when you've got more aches and pains than usual. Staying healthy in this journey is critical for both your physical and your mental well-being. The third thing I focus on is encouraging people to add something to their toolbox to deal with grief. Is it working out? Is it meditation, journaling, counseling, 
art or music therapy, being with animals, walking a dog. Um, they're, they're incredibly dog therapy right now, horseback riding. So add, add what works for them. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I, I talk about, I reiterate dispelling the myths of grief if we have not already talked mm-hmm. about it. So yeah. I really focus on those four things. What are the grief indicators? Staying healthy and self-awareness adding something that works for that individual, adding something to their, to their toolbox and making sure that they know that this is a lifetime journey and ignore the myths about grief. Yeah. I love all of those. And I, I, I especially love that you stress self-awareness, self-love, self, self-care in the way that you do because without, uh, uh, because grief Nobody talks about the physical aspects of grief. Nobody tells you about that until you're in it. And grief definitely, I believe that grief, uh, my grief triggered my adrenal fatigue. And it wasn't until, excuse me, years and years later that I was able to um, address that. And the other thing is that by taking care of yourself and being in good health, you have you have a greater capacity to meet those difficult feelings. Absolutely. That's the number one people don't understand about grief is that grief will man itself, manifest itself in the body. And, and we, we, whether, you know, whether you're a parent, a wife, you're taking care of your parents, um, you've got an important job. It's so important to take care of our physical beings and being aware of what grief will do to the body. Yeah, I, I, I agree that uh, we're not meant to be pressure cookers and hold everything inside. And I've you know mentioned that before, and it's so easy that you know if you're holding all of that, well, trauma um, as well as as the grief that it can manifest itself in disease mental illness, depression, and, and I loved what you said about giving yourself permission, you know, to let those emotions out, whether it's through crying, whether it's through seeking uh, assistance. And the, one of the reasons why we want to engage people in these conversations, because that, uh, we feel that giving permission and the presence to hold somebody else in their pain uh, allows them to begin the healing process. Yes, and, and I think overall, I think we can clearly all agree that we have a mental health crisis in this nation right now, probably around the globe. Mm-hmm. We have to have the hard conversations. So those of us in, in any walk of life who are willing to step forward and be vulnerable and let's have a hard conversation Oh my goodness, it is so needed in this world right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really why we started um, this particular radio show, because we saw the importance of conversations, difficult conversations in our own family. We, as many people know, we moved from Raleigh, North Carolina to St. Paul to be closer to our son and his family and our granddaughter. And because we're seeing them more often and more involved in their everyday life, we've had to have some difficult conversations, and it's done nothing but bring us closer. So we think that the difficult conversations are going to 
we think there's going to be one outcome for them, and we find out that once we have the have the the courage to start the conversation and be vulnerable, that it it softens that that relationship. It softens the topic, and it um, we are not the pressure cookers that we that Dan talked about, and, and, and we're able to let the stress out slowly, like the um, old pressure cookers you, you steam release used to do steam release, <laughs> and and, yes. and it's it's. Um, the other thing I, I love is that you talked about finding something that works for you. Um, I found that was really important for me because it finding a creative outlet or doing journaling or meditation or being in nature helped connect me back to the essence of who I already am and who, who may have been had too many layers of protection around my heart to be able to feel that essence. And, and so... All of those things helped me and helped my clients to um, get reconnected back to that essence, which brings you into that um, ability to find meaning, purpose, and joy again. Absolutely. And, and when we lost, we eventually get to the point where what we have lost, who we have lost, the love we have lost would 110% want us to be joyful, happy, healthy, and not focused in on the loss, but in the joy and the gift of the memory of that person that we were gifting so much time with that person. Um, or a situation uh, can also cause grief. So we need to honor what all the good and focus less on the grief wherever possible. Right, right, because that's um, that's the blessing. We're all here for a reason, and if we all stop living when our loved ones die, that would be a really sad life. Yeah, and they don't want that. They don't want that. No, they, they don't, don't want, want that. that. No. Um, let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, in your introduction, we hear about your work for veteran rights and the prevention of military and veteran suicide. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. When I first got out of the military, um, I got a tour of a VA hospital from a Vietnam vet, and I, I served with a lot of Vietnam vets when I was in. I was in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, and um he gave me a tour of everything and he had mentioned that he'd had no rating for his, he had lost a limb and he was on crutches. So that's kind of my foray into, I'm like, wait a minute, what, what help is needed in this, this realm. And that's how I got into veteran health rights uh, and eventually went into um, just, just as a volunteer helping with disability claims the last 10 years. But I've been pretty vocal about veterans using their VA health benefits and I give presentations on that totally free, though. Um, with regard to suicide, my fast introduction to military suicide was when I was on active duty. There were a few soldiers and even military wives who threatened suicide in my unit. Um, when I got out of the Army, naturally, I stayed in touch with a lot of buddies who had a lot of deployments in the last 20 years. Um, and then I became a federal contractor after 9-11, 
because people have clearances with our federal government, many people did not want to ever go to the VA or they did not want to call the National Suicide Hotline. They would be afraid that it would be turned into their employer. They would lose their clearance. They would be able to provide for the family. And, of course, they were fearful of losing their firearms. So initially, I got pulled into some conversations about people that had clearances, and then it kind of escalated from there that I, I would get calls on a regular basis going, hey, can you talk to this person? Or, Do you know resource in this area? Um, and I've, I've tried to make myself, somebody challenged me about a month ago and said, would you put a video out there that it's okay not to be okay? And sure enough, two women reached out to me, one I had already had a scheduled call for, and um, the woman said that she had seen the video on social media that I made, and she said, Kat, I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to keep our call today. And I'm going, well, why is that? And she's like, I planned on killing myself last night. Hmm. And I said, you know what? We don't have to talk about what brought you to this point. Can we talk about what can help you push past through this point? Um, so when people, people can use social media for good, and if we can put positive things out there um, and help people by our own story our pain can be a powerful message for somebody else absolutely mm. i think and, and you you mentioned it the idea of re-entry into civilian life and how difficult um, that is for returning veterans can you speak uh, a, a little more about your experience there and if um if there's anything that people can do, uh, if they have someone who's returning, what they can um, do to make that reentry a little, little easier. Absolutely, and for thank you so much for asking because this question is still needed in today's society. When I got out, you were handed your DD two fourteen and said, "Go have a nice life." I just learned a couple weeks ago some units are still doing that. And there's supposed to be a process when you're getting out now. We thought we had uh, evolved past that. Um, you know, veterans face many physical, mental health challenges when they get out. They also face housing, employment, adjustment. We don't understand how civilians do things. I ask all civilians, if you have never served in the military or don't have family that's ever served in the military, be patient, be kind do buddy checks all you have to do is say how are you doing today can we have a cup of coffee buddy checks and friend checks in general are how we can prevent suicide how we can prevent people from not diving deep into depression and anxiety um so it's it's the and the bonds that we have served in the military are simply on another indescribable level and our commitment to service and our oath doesn't expire so you know we we're fueled to help other people and to serve and if everybody can kind of lock arms with us and do checks on veterans that would be amazing hmm. yeah before we get into the next question, I want to let you know that you're listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan on Frogtown Radio, WFNU-FM 94.1. If you have a question for us or for Kat, our number in studio is 
313-513-5125. Kat, I know you to be a woman of great faith. Can you tell us a little bit about how your faith assists you in your mission? Absolutely. Well, first, God is my refuge and my rock, particularly in my own grief journey. Uh, But there is an incredible grace called divine mercy. And it's when God meets us and helps us in the midst of our suffering. And I've really kind of taken a deep dive into the subject the last 15 years. And there are some incredible books out there. Lots of people can learn about it um, outside of this conversation. And it's, it's really... There is suffering, there is redemptive suffering, and those can go along with the grief journey, and we can have a higher understanding and have a higher connection of love from God. Uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with the Beatitudes in the Bible. Um, it, it's it's really, it, it's it, it, oh, grief and mercy opens up understanding that is truly a blessing that it that that you couldn't you couldn't really understand you can share this knowledge with somebody unless they've had some other kind of grief or need in their own life it's difficult to articulate it yeah i understand what you're saying and you're right um until you have had a similar understanding appreciation or experience of what someone goes through it's difficult to relate and i think that is again another point of the awkwardness and the difficulty that people have in not only being vulnerable but expressing um to one another you know um that we are human and that we um and by sharing those experiences, we can help one another along this crazy path that we're on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, um, all my life I recited the uh, prayed the beatitudes, and yet until I actually was in, in grief, I didn't really know what "blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted" meant. I, I it was like. Ah, so that's what it means. There really is yes. is um, it's it's uh, like you said, it's something that really can't be explained. It's it's that that alchemy that happens when you are open to the mystery. Yes, and, and certainly God um, works His wonders, particularly when we are at our worst, and. I am so grateful for him for being my rock and teaching me so much. And um, I am deeply grateful when I can share particularly the beauty of divine mercy with others uh, because it, it is a great blessing and, and um, a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of a life well lived, that it is a celebration that, um, and not uh, necessarily a mournful event, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier. For those who have served, that must be a, a, a conflict that if they've lost members of their unit, to still understand that, you know, this is a life well lived. And the sorrow uh, and the celebration, it's, it's 
hard to even grasp sometimes uh, how that how that um, those two need to be paired really because you your sorrow carries you through but the appreciation for what they accomplished who they were what they stood for uh, how they believed uh, and how they showed up and that is uh, in itself um, another beautiful aspect of you know being human and and being present to one another absolutely and with regard to the how veterans and military mesh losing friends there's really no better way to describe what that feels like um without mentioning a very famous movie scene from saving private ryan uh tom hanks plays captain john miller and only has to say two words to bring audiences to their knees and he says earn this mm-hmm. and tom hanks looks at you know matt damon private ryan when he says it and then you see ryan age and turn to his wife later and say tell me i've led a good life tell me i'm a good man and while survivor's guilt is brutal it is a privilege to walk this earth any given day and as we walk and we are alive we walk in honor of the memory of brothers and sisters and families and friends that have died and we carry forth their memory and we often use it like look at the good that you all are doing with this podcast and with your your own book our pain becomes a very purposeful message and we honor them every day of all the good that they've done absolutely yeah. uh, beautifully said thank you uh, mm. yeah survivor's grief and you know the idea of fallen uh, our, our fallen brethren it's a well, and like you said it's it, it extends to all of our uh, people in our lives all of the uh, men women and in our case, children that uh, ha- have gone before us. And not to linger in that, but that celebration is uh, also something that can lift our hearts up. Um, I think that is a- another aspect of this that Nancy and I focus on. Uh, I think her book speaks to that in uh, eloquently we find our meaning and our purpose in honoring those who have gone before us. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, yeah, and one of the ways to honor them is to live our best life and the life that <clears throat> our grief journey has brought us to, has shown us it's possible. You know, I, I think you've all heard this um, before, but it bears repeating because every time I say it, <clears throat> I'm brought back to, excuse me, that moment that I considered saving my life, and that was the message that I received shortly after Leah died of losing Leah is too high a price to pay to not live the life I was meant to live. And that speaks to what you were talking about. They don't want us to stay stuck. They don't want us to stay in a life that is um, diminished and, and, and small, 
they want us to be who, who we came here to be. And so does God, and so does um, our soul. Our soul is here to be fully expressed. Absolutely. I think, too, the work that I do with men, there is a reluctance to have that vulnerability, to be present to one another in a, a raw sense and to share a loss. I think that that is one of the most difficult conversations that I've had personally and uh, you know, I've spoken to veterans and I mean, one program that we were involved in in Raleigh was um, called the Sidewalk Listening Project and um, I had a veteran approach me and you know this program was essentially just a way to begin conversations to, uh, to check in with one another as, as you were mentioning and we had a probably a 45 minute conversation and it really became clear to me that this man had not had a conversation with someone else in a very long time uh, where I showed interest in who he was where he was from and where he was going and he mentioned some of the difficulty that he had had in <clears throat> in dealing with the uh, the VA and his reluctance and, and reticence to approach that subject was very apparent to me and in trying to draw him out you know what a wonderful experience it was for each of us I think and uh, you know he asked well how can I connect with you again you know and Aww. and that's was so meaningful to me that my takeaway from it was that these conversations are so so important Whenever I go to the VA, when I'm whenever I'm out at a veterans event, and even um, this last uh, Veterans Day last November, I'm always out and about. And I was just about to leave my my meal um, at lunchtime, and this Vietnam vet sat down next to me. He said, "Miss, are you alone?" I said, "Yes, sir, I am." He said, "Can we have? Can I just sit and talk to you?" And I said, "Absolutely." We talked for almost two hours. Hmm. And, you know, we, we have to open ourselves up to take the time to just see and validate people that may not be in our world, but just every day, look up, smile, have eye contact, recognize them as human beings. And um, so many people are, you know, just want to have a civil conversation and don't connect with people. And, and COVID is just suicide soared during COVID mm -hmm. and it just breaks my heart. So I've been more active in different things since COVID. Yeah. And COVID and other sorrows of the world, the, the things that really weigh heavy on all of our hearts. And what, what what's your best advice to, to someone who is feeling this heaviness and may not be making a, 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 a plan to, um, for suicide, but is feeling this heaviness and doesn't know where to start to begin 
the grief journey? I get that question actually quite a lot. And I say the number one thing you can do is be intentional to text, call, or see somebody daily. If, if somebody doesn't believe in therapy, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in therapy, but I want, people need human contact. We're not, we're not supposed to be hermits. We need human contact. I ask people to text, call, or be with somebody every day. Yeah. And it could be a video chat. It could just be a simple, quick phone call. If you've got, you know, that, there's that birthday list on Facebook. Go sing somebody happy birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> make, make, it, make it a happy, joyful connection. Right. Uh, make, make it a compliment. Going, you know what, I miss you. I'm thinking about you. Usually when we're thinking about somebody, they need us. Right. Uh, yeah. So just reach out to people and, and do those friend checks. Do those family checks. Yeah. I asked you that question because that's a question we get all the time as well. And um, you're right, that human connection is so important. And you know, after, after Leah's funeral, we had some people who called us for a long, 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 long time, connected with us just to either bring a meal over or uh, invite us out for lunch or coffee or dinner or just calling up and saying, how are you today? And, and just being, and if you're on the other end of that, find something to be grateful for. You know, mm-hmm. even if you, you, whole, you feel like your whole life is, has fallen apart, there's still something to be grateful for. Clean water or sunshine or even the rain to bring the flowers or whatever. There's always... There's always some something to be grateful for, and, and, and that can lead into the ability and the capacity to be able to do the things that you, that you're talking about. Reaching out to someone, um, find yes, a way to make I, a connection. I have a practice of gratitude, and I and I uh, there are beautiful gratitude journals now. There are simple uh, podcasts and things on YouTube that you can listen to mm-hmm. about gratitude and it can be a very simple practice. Mm-hmm. Lots of prayer, gratitudes of prayers that you can do, mm-hmm. but I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And it's, you know, reaching out to one person a day yeah. and having a gratitude, um, and getting out of the house and getting out of your comfort zone and just going for a walk, being in the sunshine, you know, taking your shoes off and go walk barefoot in the grass. Yeah. People will be surprised what that will do and lift up their spirits. Yeah, it's those simple things. And it's the simple things that lead to everything else that we've talked about here. And so the making that first step like you said we don't have to say okay i'm going to start therapy we don't have to start there we can start with a simple gratitude or with a prayer for um pray for someone else (laughs) and that will come back to ourselves you know it's it's um there's more than one way to get through that door i I think other um another thing uh, and going back to the question about how can we help one another with those types of connections. And I just want to mention, uh, we have a friend, Rob, who works uh, with the uh, VA in Chicago. Uh, He does music therapy. um, And 
helps um, teaches them guitar. Yeah, teaches uh, guitar and um, um, how to play how, how to play music. And music opens up doors. One of the, one of the beautiful things is he asks his students what song they want to learn to play. So then he, if he doesn't know it, he has to learn it too. So <laughs> it's um, it, it's really it, it's really a beautiful ministry. Very, very therapeutic. And, and one of my favorite expressions, because I sing every day and I listen to music every day, and I tell people, if you sing, you're playing twice. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in um, uh, singing, uh, whatever kind of music. Of course, I, I listen and sing uh, Christian music as well. Uh, but it's, it's a beautiful therapy, and it, and it lifts the soul up. It yeah, really does. Yeah. Yeah, and it also helps to move. Um, you know, you're talking about grief lives in our bodies. It helps to move that through. That's one of the ways yes. it helps to move that through, along with other kinds of movement. Our conversation has, um, I can't believe we're coming up to the en- end of our program. It's been an amazing conversation. I'm wondering, Kat, what's your, do you have a final message that you would like to leave for our listeners? Probably my final message to tell people is, Grief is manageable in life if we're a little proactive about it. Um, there are days where grief, grief will catch you off guard. Having the self-awareness to know how to deal with it, how to live with it, and live through it, because it does not go away. And, right. it, and it is not an insurmountable thing. People can live with grief. And... I just pray that this beautiful conversation that we've had today helps someone. Thank you. And Kat, how can our listeners find you if they would like more information? The best way to reach me right now is probably through social media on Instagram. I'm Kat, and that's K-A-T underscore Dugan, D-U-G-A-N. You can find me on Facebook, Kathleen.E.Dugan. And then LinkedIn, I'm Cat Dugan US because there's just a wee few many Cat Dugans in Ireland. So I'm Cat Dugan US. Okay, <laughs> great. Today we talked about the many facets of grief and how we can meet them when they arrive in our lives. We talked about dispelling myths about the importance of self-awareness and supporting our soul with activities like creative endeavor, prayer, meditation, to name a few. Which one resonates with you? This week, we invite you to take a step toward living your best life by starting something new. As an inspiration, I wasn't able to find the source of uh, this, but it really spoke to me, and I think it is appropriate for today's uh, conversation. Until you hear the heal the wounds of your past, you're going to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with work, with cigarettes, with sex. But eventually, it will all ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wounds, stick your hands inside, and pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past. The memories those memories, and make peace with them. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. And thank you, Kat. I hope that um, 
we have a chance to have a continuing this conversation again. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. You're welcome. Take care. You've been listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. Thank you for listening. Through our own journey, we know that it's possible to find meaning, purpose, and joy again after a loss. Join us each week as we share useful information to help you develop the skills necessary to meet grief when it enters your life and to show you the importance of having difficult conversations, even when you don't know how to start them. If you're looking for more information, you can find us at our website, beingwithgrief.com.